second appendix to M. R. Brainerd's journal containing an account of his method of learning the Indian language, and of instructing the Indians, together with the difficulties which lie in the way of their conversion introduction. I should have concluded what I had at present to offer, upon the affairs respecting my mission, with a preceding account of the money collected and expended for the religious interests of the Indians, but that I have not long since received from the Reverend President of the Correspondence, the copy of a letter directed to him from the Honorable Society for Propagating Christian Knowledge, dated at Edinburgh, March 21, 1745, wherein I find it is expressly enjoined upon the missionaries that they unseasonably, which I am sensible they have not in general done, by reason of their falling into the hands of the enemy, although I have been at the pains of sending two copies of every journal, for more than two years past, lest one might miscarry in the passage. But with relation to the latter of these particulars, I have purposely omitted saying anything considerable, and that for these two reasons. First, because I could not oftentimes give any tolerable account of the difficulties I met with in my work, without speaking somewhat particularly of the causes of them, and the circumstances conducing to them, which would necessarily have rendered my journals very tedious. Besides, some of the causes of my difficulties I thought more fit to be concealed than divulged. And, secondly, because I thought a frequent mentioning of the difficulties attending my work, might appear as an unbecoming complaint under my burden, or as if I would rather be thought to be endowed with a singular measure of self-denial, constancy, and holy resolution, to meet and confront so many difficulties, and yet to hold on and go forward amidst them all. But since the Honorable Society are pleased to require a more exact and particular account of these things, I shall tearfully endeavor something for their satisfaction in relation to each of these particulars although in regard of the latter I am ready to say, in fandom jubes reen over dolorem. Section 1 Method of Learning the Indian Language The most successful method I have taken for instructing myself in any of the Indian languages, is, to translate English discourses by the help of an interpreter or two, into their language as near verbatim as the sense would admit of, and to observe strictly how they use words, and what construction they will bear in various cases. And thus to gain some acquaintance with the root from whence particular words proceed, and to see how they are thence varied and diversified. But here occurs a very great difficulty. For the interpreters being unlearned, and unacquainted with the rules of language, it is impossible sometimes to know by them what part of speech some particular word is of whether noun, verb, or participle. For they seem to use participles sometimes where we should use nouns, and sometimes where we should use verbs in the English language. But I have, notwithstanding many difficulties, gained some acquaintance with the grounds of the Delaware language, and have learned most of the defects in it. So that I know what English words can, and what cannot, be translated into it. I have also gained some acquaintance with the particular phraseologies, as well as peculiarities of their language, one of which I cannot but mention. Their language does not admit of their speaking any word denoting relation, such as, father, son, etc. absolutely. That is, without prefixing a pronoun passive to it, such as my, thy, his, etc. Hence they cannot be baptized in their own language in the name of the father, and the son, etc but they may be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ and his Father, etc. I have gained so much knowledge of their language, that I can understand a considerable part of what they say, when they discourse upon divine things, 
and am frequently able to correct my interpreter, if he mistakes my sense. But I can do nothing to any purpose at speaking the language myself. And as an apology for this defect, I must renew, or rather enlarge, my former complaint, namely that while so much of my time is necessarily consumed in journeying, while I am obliged to ride 4,000 miles a year, as I have done in the year past, I can have little left for any of my necessary studies, and consequently for the study of the Indian languages. And this, I may venture to say, is the great, if not the only, reason why the Delaware language is not familiar to me before this time. And it is impossible I should ever be able to speak it without close application, which, at present, I see no prospect of having time for. To preach and catechize frequently. To converse privately with persons that need so much instruction and direction as these poor Indians do. To take care of all their secular affairs, as if they were a company of children. To ride abroad frequently in order to procure collections for the support of the school, and for their help and benefit in other respects. To hear and decide all the petty differences that arise among any of them. And to have the constant oversight and management of all their affairs of every kind, must needs engross most of my time, and leave me a little for application to the study of the Indian languages. And when I add to this, the time that is necessarily consumed upon my journals. I must say I have little to spare for other business. I have not as was observed before sent to the Honorable Society less than two copies of every journal, for more than two years past. Most of which, I suppose, had been taken by the French in their passage. And a third copy I have constantly kept by me, lest the other should miscarry. This has caused me not a little labor, and so straightened me for time, when I have been at liberty from other business and had opportunity to sit down to write, which is but rare, that I have been obliged to write twelve and thirteen hours in a day. Till my spirits have been extremely wasted, and my life almost spent, to get these writings accomplished. And after all, after diligent application to the various parts of my work, and after the most industrious improvement of time I am capable of, both early and late, I cannot oftentimes possibly gain two hours in a week for reading or any other studies, unless just for what appears of absolute necessity for the present. And frequently when I attempt to redeem time, by sparing it out of my sleeping hours, I am by that means thrown under bodily indisposition, and rendered fit for nothing. This is truly my present state, and is like to be so, for aught I can see, unless I could procure an assistant in my work, or quit my present business. But although I have not made that proficiency I could wish to have done, in learning the Indian languages, yet I have used all endeavors to instruct them in the English tongue, which perhaps will be more advantageous to the Christian interest among them, than if I should preach in their own language. For that is very defective, as I shall hereafter observe, so that many things cannot be communicated to them without introducing English terms. Besides, they can have no books translated into their language, without great difficulty and expense. And if still accustomed to their own language only, they would have no advantage of hearing other ministers occasionally, or in my absence. So that my having a perfect acquaintance with the Indian language would be of no great importance with regard to this congregation of Indians in New Jersey, although it might be of great service to me in treating with the Indians elsewhere. Stillwater's Revival Books is now located at PuritanDownloads.com. 
It's your worldwide online Reformation home for the very best in free and discounted classic and contemporary Puritan and Reformed books, MP3s, and videos. For much more information on the Puritans and Reformers, including the best free and discounted classic and contemporary books, MP3s, digital downloads, and videos, please visit Stillwater's Revival Books at PuritanDownloads.com. Stillwater's Revival Books also publishes the Puritan Hard Drive, the most powerful and practical Christian study tool ever produced. All thanks and glory be to the mercy, grace, and love of the Lord Jesus Christ for this remarkable and wonderful new Christian study tool. The Puritan Hard Drive contains over 12,500 of the best Reformation books, MP3s, and videos ever gathered onto one portable Christian study tool. An extraordinary collection of Puritan, Protestant, Calvinistic, Presbyterian, Covenanter, and Reformed Baptist resources. It's fully upgradable and it's small enough to fit in your pocket. The Puritan hard drive combines an embedded database containing many millions of records with the most amazing and extraordinary custom Christian search and research software ever created. The Puritan hard drive has been produced to assist you in the fascinating and exhilarating spiritual, intellectual, familial, ecclesiastical, and societal adventure that is living the Christian life. It has been specifically designed so that you might more faithfully know, serve, and love the Lord Jesus Christ, as well as to help you to do all you can to bring glory to His great name. If you want to love God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind, then the Puritan hard drive is for you. Visit PuritanDownloads.com today for much more information on the Puritan hard drive and to take advantage of all the free and discounted Reformation and Puritan books, MP3s, and videos that we offer at Stillwater's Revival Books.